Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to the Honey Creative Podcast. Today I have my friend Nate Dumla on the show. Nate is a brand consultant and content creator in Los Angeles. We talk a lot about being a creative entrepreneur, adapting our business to our life, industry, and global changes, and we also laugh a lot. One quick disclaimer before we get into it. Because of the stay-at-home orders and the equipment that I have and he had available, we had to record over the phone and the interview audio gets slightly out of sync towards the end and it sounds like we're talking over each other a bit, so I'm sorry about that. Phone interviews are always an adventure, but I do hope that whether you own a business or just create for fun, that this conversation really encourages you. I know it encouraged me and my hope is that you'll always leave this podcast feeling inspired and empowered. Hey, Nate, thank you so much for joining me on the Honey Creative Podcast. Hey, uh, Nikki, thank you so much for having me. And what an honor to be on the Honey, Pod- the Honey Creative Podcast. This is absolutely amazing. Aw, thanks. Well, go ahead and tell us who you are, what you do, your favorite activities, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. All right. Um, like Nikki said, my name's Nate, and I am living in Los Angeles with my incredible wife, Stephanie, and our two kids. We have River, who's three and a half years old, and he's absolutely incredible and wild and keeps <laughs> us on our toes. And then we have our five-month-old, Grayson Wild, who, uh, you know, we loved that name, Grayson Wild, but his personality is the exact opposite. Like, we should have named him Grayson <laughs> yeah. Chill. <laughs> and um like the we should have switched the middle names river is the wild one grayson right now he's the most chill kid biggest smile you know our son river he loves to negotiate and i think that our son grayson <laughs> will just love to charm people with his smile and to get what he wants but i love it um yeah we've been in la for the last five years and we moved down uh from the seattle area five years ago to help plant zoe church la with pastors chad and julia veach and, um, you know, we've had the time of our lives here in L.A. It's, we consider it home now. We've been here for, for so long. And, you know, really brief about my time here. When we first moved to Los Angeles, no one had jobs at the church. And so, uh, or any positions at the church. It was still in the living room. And so everyone got jobs. And so I started as a barista at Nordstrom in the E-Bar and then moved to sales. And the whole time I was doing that, I was shooting as much as I can photography and um I was riding my bike 22 miles a day that's LA life (laughs) you know we only had enough money for one one car and then I had a bike and you know I was in really good shape so I valued that time and then um eventually I quit my job at Nordstrom and started um my photography and brand consulting business which took off and then a little bit after that I got hired at Zoe Church as the college director and uh, over some of the social media responsibilities and a few different responsibilities and things like that. And over the course of that time, um, you know, I pretty much shuttered my business and leaned completely on Zoe and my responsibilities there. Recently, just because of some health things, um, I stepped off of staff at Zoe and restarted my business again and just kind of leaned in to focus completely on the family and making sure things are healthy and strong with our new child at home and, you know, navigating all of those um, things that we just never could have been prepared for. And so now I'm in the middle of restarting my freelance career again and getting those things off the ground. And I would say that I'm still having the time of my life here in LA. That's awesome. Right yeah. on. Well, tell us a little bit about how you discovered your creative gifts. Um, you know, what that looked like for you. Cause I think that journey is different for everyone. Absolutely. Um, I always knew I had a creative bend. My imagination was always wild. I was, I've been a nerd my entire life. <laughs> you know, I read fantasy novels when I was younger um, 
you know, one of my close friends and I in sixth grade, we started writing our own fantasy novel. I love it. And um, every week our teacher would read the next set of pages that we wrote to our whole class. And you know, I was just been, my imagination has just kind of been wild. And uh, to be honest, I wanted to be a fantasy novel writer when I grew up, awesome. as well as an English teacher. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the iPhone came, oh, not the, sorry, pre-iPhone. When I was in high school, um, one of the electives I could take was video productions. Ah. And so I took video productions and kind of fell in love with creating videos and movies and, you know, they're the most horrible just trash <laughs> videos ever you know and I remember asking for Christmas my sophomore year of high school I asked for a camera for Christmas awesome. and my mom got me a photo camera instead of a video camera <laughs> um, but I started taking photos like crazy and then the I and then the iPhone came out um, in 2000 eight or something like that yeah started taking photos with my with my iphone um you know and just started realizing that i could tell stories through photos yeah. in a way that i couldn't tell stories in other formats and other mediums and i started to explore that and kind of the rest is history you know i went through my visco phase and yeah. I went through <laughs> you know I, you know, hashtag no filter, you know, hashtag, <laughs> yeah. you know, iPhone only phases. And then I got my first real deal, you know, DSLR Canon 7D. And I thought it was, you know, I was the, you know, on the top of the photography game only to realize <laughs> like I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and so it kind of went from there, but I think my creativity was sparked, you know, at a young age and, you know, my, my, I remember my parents would say, you know, my mom would say, I would always have to, you know, earn money for things that I, I wanted or needed. You know, there's a few exceptions, but when it came to books, my mom said, whatever you want books, I'll pay for the books. And so, you know, I just loaded up with a ton of, you know, imagine, imaginative, hyper-creative books growing up. And I think you and I have an affinity with those types of, yeah, you know, fantasy novels and things definitely. like that. Definitely. So tell us a little bit more about your what your business is. Um, so you're a photographer. What else do you do? Like, what do you shoot? Because I think everyone kind of has their their little niche in the market. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what does that look like for you? So uh, my business, you know, when I first started shooting photography as a business, I was, I did my first few shoots and people would pay me to take their family photos with my iPhone. Wow. Like I would charge people $50 to take their <laughs> family one. photos on an iPhone. And yeah, I mean, just taking whatever I could get. Yeah. And now looking back, I'm like, I feel so bad. I'm like, can I read, I'll just take your free, take your photos for free. <laughs> you know, yeah. I feel bad. But um, so my career started in photography, you know, my, my professional career doing whatever job I could get, yeah. you know, family stuff, senior, senior portraits, um, like you can ask Ashley Graham, you know, about her senior photos <laughs> and she'll talk to you about her regret of letting me take them. <laughs> um, but you know, for me, I started my career in the middle of, you know, being on staff at a church. And so I wasn't able to fully lean on my professional career as kind of, you know, uh, a full business until I moved to Los Angeles where I started shooting, fashion and weddings yeah. and so um i remember you know i had to work at nordstrom at 10 in the morning so i would set up a shoot with a model at uh, eight in the morning and then a shoot in the in the afternoon or in the evening uh, with another model and i would just try to hustle as much as i could to get fashion stuff and then all of a sudden i'm having to sit down at coffee shops to edit all these photos and i start taking pictures of of coffee cups and lattes and, you know, all these incredible looking beverages and some way, somehow the coffee shop I was working at as my office asked if I want to start, you know, if they, if they'd be willing to, if I'd be willing to be hired to take their photos, awesome. all of a sudden I started taking coffee photos and then I developed a, a coffee niche and started shooting. At one point I had eight different shops in Los Angeles. I was, um, 
on retainer to shoot for. Awesome. And so I just, just kind of became known as like the coffee photographer in LA, which is, it has its perks. You know, I, I can kind of go to any neighborhood in LA and, and get some free coffee, right. which is awesome. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad gig right there. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad at all. Now my, and then after I, I went on staff at, at Zoe, um, you know, like I said, I shut down my business. I took down my website. I got rid of, you know, I, I referred all my weddings to other people. I referred all my coffee shops to other people. Like I, you know, I was, I just kind of put it away because I just kn- know for me, I'm either all in yeah. or I'm, I'm not. And so I had to, you know, make that decision. Like, Hey, I moved to LA for Zoe. Now, you know, now that I'm hired here, I'm going to really lean everything in. So now that I'm, I'm not on staff at Zoe anymore and I'm restarting my business, it's completely restructured. So now photography is, um, I, I don't even primarily shoot for my business anymore. Um, I'm, I've transitioned into brand consulting and marketing. Yeah. And so if, if my clients need photography, then of course I'll pick up my camera or if they don't have a photographer that, you know, is, is as experienced or can get the shots that the client really has vision for, then I'll jump in. But mostly my business has transitioned to um, big picture marketing, social media strategy, mm-hmm. um, website and online strategy, and then uh, working with subcontractors to create content, which um, is bittersweet. You know, I, I fell in love with, with shooting and, and photography and what I found is the more I focus on it as just a job, um, the more I fell out of love yeah. with it. And so now it's, it's kind of cool to shoot for fun and not have the pressure of relying on my creativity for, or, or at least creating content like that for, for my job. So yeah, right now my job, I just have, I have a few clients and I consult and work with their teams to uh, strategize content for their brands which is really exciting Yeah, that's awesome I think it's so cool to see how our businesses kind of evolve because I have a similar story arc to that as well with photography but um but yeah like I feel like as business owners we're always kind of adapting and figuring out what works for our family what works in this current market because I feel like we're living in a time obviously now with you know, the coronavirus pandemic and all of that, everything is changing again. And I feel like everything right. has been changing for the last, I've been doing photography for the last, um, like almost 12 years. And it's like <laughs> changed yeah. so much, just consistent. The only consistent is change. And so I love right. that ability to kind of adapt to figure out where you are and um you know what what that looks like for you so so what kind of what are your dreams for the future for your business and what are you you know pursuing right now oh man that is a an awesome question um yeah i think for my business my um it's never been a situation where my my business I, I haven't created my business out of uh, sheer passion, mm-hmm. which I, I know like a lot of creatives, they're passionate about creating. So then they form a business from that. Um, but for me, I find a lot of joy in taking someone's dreams or vision and helping propel them into exactly what they envision in their mm-hmm. mind. And so for me, I would love, you know, kind of the vision for this business is to continue doing that at larger and larger scales, you know? Um, And at the same time, not being on staff at, at, at a church. Now I get a really cool opportunity to start funding the church, you know, in ways that I was never able to do. And so for me, my business, the vision for the business is kind of twofold, right? It's providing a lot of safety and security for my family it's providing people's dreams to come true and providing um, a resource for the church that I've never been able to have before. And so it makes the hustle and grind of, of entrepreneurship uh, not so much of a, of a grind, but more of a rhythm and a flow and an excitement. And, um, you know, I'm not doing this to just make it on my own, but when it's, you know, 
when the vision is, is bigger than yourself, it makes everything um, not easier because entrepreneurship is not easy, (laughs) but it it makes it more satisfying. You know, it makes it, um, it gives you that much more motivation and inspiration to move forward. Totally. Sorry. Got a little bit of a, I can't give you, I can't give you clear. (laughs) My, is, is that it? That's not a dry cough, no, is it? No, it's That's not. A... I... <laughs> not contagious. I'm not going to spread anything through the phone. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's pretty early in the morning and my voice is a little scratchy right now. Yeah. <laughs> so if I clear my throat, I'm sorry. Okay, here, here's a funny story for you. <laughs> uh, in junior high, I used to um, call my friends that were girls when I first woke up because my voice sounded really deep. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> And I, I remember, you know, calling this girl I had a crush on and she was like, is this Nate's oh dad? Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> like, well, that backfired. <laughs> yes, that totally. really funny. So speaking of coronavirus, <laughs> Pops. Yes. Um, how are you adapting to this pandemic, whatever we're um, calling it right now? Because you guys are in LA yeah, kind a, of on total lockdown right now, just like we are in Washington. Yeah. So we are in total lockdown in Los Angeles. And I mean, we were kind of talking about this before, but you wouldn't really know if you were around businesses, you'd know that we were in lockdown. But if you're by anything that was outside, you'd be like, wow, this is the most fit and active <laughs> community that's you know ever existed. Which if anybody who lives in LA people from LA don't yeah. go to the beach, right? It's like only transplants or, but now it's like, everyone's out getting fresh air. It, it seems like Los Angeles has had like a, you know, has rediscovered that we live in a right. paradise. And so, um, which is really funny, but for me as a business, like if I'm being honest, I don't, I haven't had to make a lot of pivots because my clients have been primarily digitally That's based. Um, and that is, been awesome for um you know having transitioned from being primarily photography mm-hmm. focused to bring being full brand management focused and so um I, I i will say this a shift that i've had to make across all of my accounts is we've had to double triple the amount of content that we're right. producing because everything is is so um, digitally focused now that physically we can't be around yeah. each other people are sitting at home waiting for content waiting to consume I really do think now more than ever if you have a digital platform there's more opportunity than than yeah. ever before you know uh, I, I was just reading an article this morning about this the CEO of Slack said that you know kind of day over day that their business is exponentially That's growing that they've been propelled forward um, almost two two full years on all of their timelines because everything is is consolidating online. And unfortunately, with the virus, you know, there's there's social distancing, there's isolation. But if you are able to take a silver lining, that means technologically we're kind of being forced to propel forward and kind of operate in really what was probably going to be the possible I mean the reality in three years from now five years from now and so you know for me it's it's making the pivot okay well I'm so I still have to create a lot of content but how can we do this and and take advantage of the huge digital um, flood of eyes and and engagement across all of our platforms and so that's great yeah as a business, that's how I pivoted. As a family, <laughs> we're trying to get as, as you know, scheduled and implemented as possible, which is really difficult with a three-year-old yeah. and a, you know, five-month-old and not being able to go to the parks. You know, all the parks here right. are closed. And, you know, so now our hallway in our apartment outside of our door is now the front <laughs> yard. So River says, can I go play in the front yard? I'm like, yeah, go play that out there. Funny. And that literally means just outside of our front door in the hallway. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. The family yeah. adjustment has been interesting for sure. I'm like suddenly a homeschool mom, something I never thought I would do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that's interesting. Yeah. 
but um wait how do you juggle that how do you juggle homeschool and your business at the same time like that sounds to me it sounds like it'd be impossible I mean River in a you know in a year or two is going to be you know going through those things and Steph's already kind of doing some preschool with him but I can't imagine yeah, doing it's, both. it's really been an adjustment um I think thankfully Royal is starting to understand that if he focuses and gets all of his work done then he can play the rest of the day so, um, <laughs> so at first I was kind of like, Great. okay, well, we'll have a schedule and we'll have all these recess breaks and then we'll do all this extra stuff. Um, but I mean, he's in kindergarten, so I'm kind of like, okay, we're going to do, thankfully yeah. his teachers have been incredible because he goes to private school. And so they're still working and, um, uh, from home and yeah. giving us curriculum and assignments. So that's been amazing thankfully I'm not having to do all of that myself (laughs) but um but yeah it's been it's been a challenge of kind of kind of teaching him okay buddy like I'm not just like piling this work on you like this is your actual schoolwork that you have to do and he's starting to get it so we're starting to kind of just take one recess break and he really buckles down and gets everything done and works a lot harder now that he's starting to understand that he can really just play with his brother the rest of the day if he finishes so so that's kind of where we're at right now we'll see how it goes (laughs) thankfully um Jordan is now working from home too because the church where he works is the offices are closed as well um, and you know, so we kind of yep. are able to take turns in that a little bit, but yeah, I mean, things are definitely looking different for me even cause I do a lot of, um, a lot of content marketing as well. And so that has obviously not slowed down, but, um, you know, but some clients are having to pull back on a few things because of cuts and all of that. So yep. it's an interesting, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, shit. I'm not one who likes to like shove my kids in front of the TV, but you know, maybe you know, a couple hours a day. It's like, okay, hey, you got to do it. Go you watch do. TV while mommy works. Yeah, same, so same, there's same. There's no shame in that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We try our best not to be, you know, right. screen parents, but you know, like you said there's no shame in that especially times like this it's like okay hey you're gonna watch one extra you know half an hour block of of tv today and yeah i've been having them watch uh yeah we'll survive because i've been thank god for (laughs) disney plus i've been having them watch national geographic they've been watching the hostile planet so that's kind of i call that science class and then i just have them draw a picture after what they learned so it's like, okay, yep. go do your science class. That is great also, parenting. Also, there's the, the Bible <laughs> app has a kid's version. And it's like a, yeah, it's pretty awesome. No way. It's um, a story book kind of thing. And they it's interactive. So it will read the story. They can do little games on there. They have them answer questions. So that's our Bible class. So we'll do, you know, a half hour Bible class. Yes. Dude, I'm hijacking that. <laughs> that is awesome. About 45 minutes of science class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, River also uh, was watching some science yeah. on Disney Plus. And by science, I mean he started Good episode one of Star because Wars. Because my kids are obsessed. Yes, no first way. time ever. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely, he's there. I mean, Honor yeah. is three and a half and he is obsessed <laughs> with Star Wars. Yeah, yep. my kids have seen all of them. I've been trying for, for a Rogue long One time. And Solo. Steph is yeah. not as nerdy as me. <laughs> Jordan's yeah. not as nerdy as me. This is why <laughs> we're such good friends because <laughs> Steph and Jordan kind of roll their eyes when yes. you and I nerd out, and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Right on. Absolutely. Well, let's get back to um, talking about like practical business stuff. So, how? What's like your main way of yeah. finding clients? Um, okay, my my main way of finding clients, I when I first started my business, I went to the LA Library, and um, if you guys don't know this, anywhere in the country, go to your local library, and they have a reference of every business, especially entrepreneurs who are looking to create content for people or brands. Um, they have a reference of every single business that's 
um, an LLC or applied through the city for license. So I, I, when I first started, I started at a, and I cold called every single business for weeks. I literally just hustled, got on the phone and I got really used to being rejected. I got really used to people hanging up. I got used to people swearing at me and, you know, I found that in LA cold calls didn't work. So I pivoted and I started emailing and I started changing my emails and figuring out, you know, open rates in this verbiage got more opens of an email than this one. And this one got this many percentage replies and so on and so forth. And eventually I developed an email strategy and I just focused on, you know, mass, uh, uh, you know, I, it was, I, I, called and emailed every yeah. single business in LA, you know, until I landed the businesses that would allow me to provide margins. So I could really start to dive in and pursue the business That's I awesome. really wanted to work with. And I think that that is a common misconception is that, you know, uh, there's a, I'm in Los Angeles. It's like the land of yeah. entrepreneurship and freelance and Everyone moves here because they want a photography career. Everyone moves here because they want a marketing career or a film career. And I hear a complaint literally all the time. I just feel like Mm -hmm. I can't find business. And that's not true. I mean, at least in this market, there's so many opportunities for business. You just have to be willing to go and pursue them and, and be okay with you know, maybe you don't get your dream job right away. That's okay. You know, maybe you have to shoot some things or provide content for things that uh, you don't want to until you're able to produce for the ones that you really do. And so now I'm at a cool point where I can start turning down clients that, you know, don't fit my MO or I'm not passionate about, or, you know, we don't quite match well. And I can really start to just dive in on the ones that I, you know, that really get me excited. But you know, when I first started, I did everything. I, you know, I would go to abbotkinney.com and it, there's a list of yeah. every single business on Abbot Kinney. And, you know, I That's emailed awesome. every single business, <laughs> you know, it, when I first started doing coffee shops, I would go into a coffee shop <laughs> undercover with my camera and I would just tell them, Hey, do you mind if I say, take some pictures while you guys are, uh, you know, while you guys are making my drink and so on and so forth. And of course, you know, they're excited about any pictures of their shop getting taken. But what they didn't know is that I was taking photos and I would go home and I would uh, take a screenshot of their Instagram and I would Photoshop all of my photos into their Instagram. And then I would create a pitch deck to them and say, look at what your Instagram could look like if you hired me to take your photos and create content for you. And I would side by side compare what they currently had and what I could provide for them. And all of a sudden business went through the roof because I was putting something visual in front of them. So for me, at least getting clients, it it is so much of a hustle. And like a lot of people think because they can create really well that they'll get a lot of clients. That's not been my experience. My experience, especially when I first moved to LA, I was blown away by how many, um, like I'm trying to be respectful, how many horrible photographers had way more business than the best photographers I knew, right? I'm like, these photos do not represent the quality or the aesthetic of anything that this brand is going to put out. But somehow, some way, these photographers are getting tons of business. I mean, I'm I'm sure you've seen in the wedding industry, like you, okay, I'll just say you guys are an inspiration oh, for you. me. You know, when I was doing wedding photography, I was constantly going back to your guys' work as inspiration. But we know in the wedding industry, there's a ton of people who get a lot of business who are not putting out content that is as high quality right, as yeah. maybe they, what they should provide. I'm trying <laughs> to be nice. But they're getting so much business because, because they understand it's a business, right. not right. a portfolio. And... And I think as, as any entrepreneur, any creative freelancer, you cannot uh, lean on your portfolio to do your work. You've got to do the business of going out and being an entrepreneur and seeking leads, finding, finding clients. You got to put yourself out there. 
it was really hard yeah. for me to sell myself because naturally mm-hmm. I don't think like that, you know, and I have a hard time <laughs> taking compliments. I have a hard time, you know, like being like, Hey, my stuff is better than anyone else's. But for my business, I had to shift and go like, okay, I, my business isn't right. me personally. It's a business. And I have to really promote and sell this thing. Like it's the yeah. best option for anybody out there and have the full confidence yeah, not to be wary advice. about that. And I mean, you're great anyways. So, you know, that's not, that's not a fake thing you're doing there. <laughs> I haven't always been, I haven't always been, you know, as talented as I am now, you know, another way, uh, something interesting, a, a pivot that I've made to get uh-huh. clients is I don't have a website, but I have, yeah. um, have you heard of Unsplash before? So I put all of my, you know, content on Unsplash. If I have paid clients, I, you know, talk to them and um, make sure it's in our contract that I can use content for my Unsplash. Right. Or if they don't, you know, of course I don't put it on. But, um, you know, whenever I get photography gigs and people ask for my That's work, great. I send them my Unsplash. And, um, you know, it has very quickly, you know, a little shout out to Unsplash. It's become it's just entered the top wow, 300 websites awesome. in the world worldwide. And they're putting up views and stats that are far staggering wow. any other social media. And so when I can show a company, Hey, look at the, my photos, get millions or, or tens of millions of views compared to your entire Instagram portfolio right. getting in the thousands of views. Like, well, look at what, you know, this platform can do like, so just finding ways yeah. to stay ahead of the curve. If Instagram is what's on now, like, you know, trying to figure out ways in places that my, my potential clients will end yeah, up looking, not, totally. not where they currently are, if that makes sense. Not abandoning the, you know, where they are looking, but oh, making sure that. I'm, That's I'm a such step a great, ahead. Such a great idea. I think it's, you said something before about um, how your portfolio, you know, is not enough in your business. And I think, that's so true. And that's something that so many of us really get stuck on because we want to be true to our work and authentic and working with clients is sometimes really counter that. And um, yeah, and I think a lot of people, I think early on, I really, sorry, my voice again, I really struggled. (laughs) This is not ideal for podcasting (laughs) this, this groggy voice I've got going on. Um, it's okay. Yeah, it's I struggle okay. with that kind of like, you know, do I create for myself or do I create for my clients? And even in weddings, I kind of struggled with that a little bit. And right. and um, I think I kind of had a bad attitude about it for a little while. And I see that in a lot of young artists now, um, mm. where they kind of have an us against them kind of yeah. mentality against their clients. And um, I really had to right. take a step back and be like okay, here's the deal. Like I'm shooting for them and they're paying me a lot of money to shoot for them. Right. So who am I to say, (laughs) you know, this, whatever thing that they want is the sword I'm going to die on. You know, if it's maybe not me, but it's something Mm. they want, but I think it's cheesy and don't want my name on it. You know, where, where do I draw the line with that? You know? And, and where is it like, okay, well, this right, is right. just business yep. and I just need to suck it up and, and be a business owner. Um, yeah. Right. And treat your clients with respect Jeez. and, and sometimes it's a struggle, but, um, but yeah, it's an interesting right. one for sure. Yeah. What attention, right. It's like, I am an artist yeah. and you're hiring me because you appreciate my art. And so how much is, you know, how much do I lean into that and, and continue doing what I want. But when your brand is asking for something that I don't have a preference towards, do I turn the brand down? Do I start adjusting what I create for them? You know, and I think exactly what you said, you know, it's like separating my preference from my business, you know, and going like, Hey, they hired my business. They didn't hire my preference. And so, you know, I, I try my best to provide mm-hmm. my clients with as much vision as possible. And so, you know, what I found is the less vision I give them, the less example, the less clear strategy I give them, the more 
they're going to right. ask for That's content true. on yeah, that. Yeah, education. That. I think client education is big. You know, and so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, giving them actual numbers of hey, look at what mm-hmm. these edits engage like. You know, versus yeah. these edits or versus these graphics or designs or videos and you know, hey, here's some examples yeah. of some forward trends or, you know, some of these things. Uh, I'm working with a client right now and they're absolutely incredible. I mean, they are crushing it worldwide as far as their interaction and their face-to-face, you know, things, but they're still kind of stuck in the early yeah. 2000s of marketing and design and those things. And I'm having to go through this, you know, kind of this long trudge of, you know, switching (laughs) decades of thinking, you know, I mean, it is, it's pretty wild, you know? And so like, you know, I'm having to dial back what I think is on trend because if I were to push it, they wouldn't, the company wouldn't be able to keep up, but slowly and surely as they're changing their designs and becoming a little bit more and more, um, you know, forward focused, I'm able to show them on paper, hey, look, this design just wow. did this for your business. And, you know, it, this company was stuck at, you know, really slow movement mm-hmm. growth, especially on their social platforms. And, you know, I think they grew like 100 followers oh, wow. over the course of like a couple months, three months. And since I've and since, since I've taken over the account in, in twenty one awesome. days, they've grown eight hundred followers just because they'll smooth a few small tweaks. But they haven't gone so far. I haven't you know, we haven't pushed so far out of their existing content that their already existing right. following yeah. would be like, "What the heck? This is a completely different company." And I think sometimes it's like as as young entrepreneurs or as young creatives, we like right. want to be like, hey, let's shift the whole thing. You know, like I have the I have the key for, you, you know, if if you just change the whole look and it's like, whoa, just a sec. Like we have to remember like good things take a long time. Yeah. Like, you know, but at least for me, like that was my attitude going in is like hire me. And I mean, when I was especially when I first started. Right. You know, hire me and I'm going to flip this whole brand and you know like, like whoa okay first right. of all like it's it's their company you know it's like let's honor yeah, them yeah help them and move at express their, pace. their voice yeah I think I yeah I work a lot with like brand yeah, exactly. voice, and that's I think yeah. that's important is it's not so much about creating their brand voice for them but figuring out <clears throat> kind of what that already is and how right. you can express it clearly so I love that. Mm. So um, uh, how do you rest? How do you stay love inspired? That. Because hustling can can be something that's, you know, leads to burnout if you're not careful. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have a I have a few different thoughts on on burnout and rest. And, um, you know, I it's interesting because I know people who mm-hmm. are the hardest workers in the world. And they're also, they also don't deal with burnout, but they work way more than me, sleep way less than me, eat, you know, like less than I eat, have a family and they're healthy, you know? And so I started to ask myself, well, rest, you know, is, is rest for me, you know, growing up, I mean, not, I didn't grow up in the church, so I didn't have really a concept of Sabbath until you know, I got saved in high school mm-hmm. and then I started to adopt a Sabbath day only to realize that there's not, yeah. uh, my Sabbath day isn't a Sabbath day, especially the older yeah. you get and you add people to your family, a husband, for me, a wife, for you, a husband, kids, responsibilities, right. your Sabbath day doesn't look like a Sabbath yep. day. It looks like a mm-hmm. getting stuff done around the house day. Right. <clears throat> and I started to have some real issues and started questioning kind of my whole outlook on rest because yeah. my God, how can I honor the Sabbath? Like it's, it seems impossible, <laughs> exactly. right? Like I got to do laundry, God, like I got to file taxes, you know, like, like how can I honor you and serve, serve at a church that's pace is so frenetic that, you know, I can't do right. anything personal except for my day off and my day off is right. supposed to be a day where I don't do anything but rest. 
you know? And so for me, like I had to start looking at rest is not a, something to look mm, forward to, that. but a place to work out of. And, and what I mean by that is finding Sabbath moments every day, instead uh-huh. of relying on a Sabbath day at the end of the week. And, um, you know, the Bible teacher in me, you know, would support that biblically, you know, like when Jesus showed up, he stretched the, um, he stretched the law to the point where it wasn't just something from action that was a consequence. He stretched it to intention. In other words, if you looked at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery. If you've looked at your brother in hatred, then you've committed murder. Well, if that's the case, then Sabbath has to be stretched to Mm. every is living out of rest, not just a day to look forward to. And what I found is my life started, I started to, get bitter and spiteful at my work days yeah. because I was looking forward to my rest day. And instead of going like, Hey, in the morning, like I'm going to find half an hour of rest yeah. before I do anything else. So now my day is, is right. coming from rest, not to rest. <laughs> like TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. I'm like, what? Thank yeah. God it's Friday. Like, no, thank God it's Monday. Thank God it's Tuesday. Thank God it's it's every day because I'm coming from a place of rest. I'm not doing everything so I can get rest. And I think that's where a lot of our culture has gone to. It's like, I'm going to hustle and I'm going to work so hard. And then I'm going to eventually get to a place where I can rest only yeah. to find that they don't have rest and they don't have peace and they are full of anxiety and they're full of worries and they can't actually um, operate out of you know um a right mind because they're so focused on the next thing that's ahead of them where building in moments of rest every single day i heard someone say like this you know if you look at Mm -hmm. uh our bodies as containers right i want to do i want to do something every single day that fills up my cup just a little bit right If, if that's you know playing video games reading a book watching um you know tiger king on netflix if it's you know what whatever it is like i'm just gonna do that a little bit so my my cup's filled up a little bit right like for me i love to to read and study the word i love to play video games i love to you know it Mm -hmm. it it energizes me when i'm around people (laughs) so this whole social distancing thing has been really difficult um but like for me, finding something every single day to fill me up and then weekly yeah. finding something that fills me up a lot, right? And so for me, that's mm-hmm. Saturdays, like spending time with my family and going to the beach, you know, maybe like we've been doing this thing every day where at the end of the night, just because of everything that's going on, we're trying to make it special. We put all of the blankets on the floor and we set up a... Mm -hmm. like a bed in the living room and we do movie night and like that refills me you know so on on this last you know on a saturday we're like hey let's do a a movie day all day and we make popcorn and we do a movie marathon and like that fills me up for an extended time and then every month we i try to do something you know maybe one day or two days at a time where i'm like really allowing myself to be filled up and then Every three months, we try to go three days, you know, try to extend that uh, every year, right. a week or, or 10 day vacation, you know, something, but making sure that mm-hmm. I'm not living a life to rest. And that's how burnout right, happens yeah. is when it's like living paycheck to paycheck, right? I saw a st- wow. statistic, 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And so now that we've seen millions of people yeah, laid off, like there's, they have no contingency plans. And our rest is so similar. We try to live paycheck to paycheck, Sabbath to Sabbath. And then when something happens, a tragedy strikes, a job thing comes up, you know, life happens and we miss our rest day. Then all of a sudden we don't have the stores of rest or energy within us to actually push through that and still be healthy. And that only happens when you live rested day to day. The Bible says that, Mm -hmm. you know, God created everything in six days and he called the seventh day holy because he rested 
In other words, it wasn't yeah. holy because he was done creating. It was holy because he rested. I find yeah. it's impossible for me to be holy if I'm not rested. Like your holiness comes from a rest in God and in a trust in him. And so, I don't know. I said, I feel like that's all pretty intense, but, um, you know, really practically, I try to do something every day to make sure I'm rested, even if it's something so practical and simple as playing video games or reading a book. Every week, I try to do something extended. And then every month and every year, I try to yeah. stretch those, you know, times every day. But yeah, I mean, I think for oh, everyone, yeah. it's different. Everyone's going to try to figure out their rhythm. Mm -hmm. That's another thing is I kind of yeah. abandoned balance and got more focused on rhythm. And life is more like a song than it is like um, um, like a speech, if that makes sense. You know, it's there's different tempos, yeah. different notes, different keys. The song, you know, has a climax at a certain moment and then it, it, it's a little bit lower here. And it's, but right. if you listen to a song, you appreciate the whole thing, you know. And so life for me, I focus on yeah, balance for exactly. years in my life only to be frustrated. I couldn't find it. But when I figured out a rhythm to life, I'm like, man, this is so much fun. I, I haven't, yeah. I, I go to bed exhausted every night. Like I cannot stay up longer than nine o'clock. I'm such an old person now. You know, like I can't do it. Yeah. But I go to bed so excited to wake up the next morning. When you're talking about you music, know? it just reminded me of like a movie score and how, you know, how there's, it's all telling the same story, yes. but there's order to it, but it's yes. it changes in every like act or, so good. you know, just like our lives change in every season. And because that whole concept of balance too has been a huge thing for me um, as well. And so, I, yeah, I love that, that idea of kind of abandoning that balance. And that's kind of the, the conclusion that I've come to as well. But I love the idea of, of the rhythm that makes a lot of sense because <laughs> there, there really is no balance. Yeah. There's no balance as parents. And especially know? as parents. It's not like you can be like, sorry, honey, you yeah. need to just yeah. go over and feed yourself because mommy needs some balance. <laughs> Like that doesn't work. <laughs> it's not a thing. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Oh, you had a yeah. nightmare? You had a nightmare? Well, stop crying and go back to bed. It's like, exactly. no, it's like, hey, let me stay up and comfort you and pray with you. And, you know, it's like there's, yeah. I mean, even just yeah, in, totally. even as when I wasn't a parent, entrepreneurship, there's no balance. You get a client out of nowhere or you had to, or your yeah. client leaves and you're like, uh-oh, we can't pay the bills. So, Let's throw balance right. out the window and let's hustle until we're able to right. pay our bills. You know, it's like, and so yeah. it's a rhythm. It, it's a, I love that. It's a yeah, score. Totally. You know? Gosh, we've talked about so much. I feel like I have more things we could totally talk about, but um, I don't want to make people listen for, you know, too long here. <laughs> <laughs> Although what else do we have to do right now? I don't know. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> We'll just kind of wrap it up. That's with, very um, true. What are you nerding over? Because we're both nerds. So, what are you nerding okay. over right now? Oh gosh. Um, look, my nerddom it. has gone to a whole other level, and um, I have a group of guys here at Zoe, and <laughs> this is so nerdy. Yeah. You would never expect these guys. You know, some of our music producers, the creatives, they're they're not nerdy like me, oh but we have gosh. a group text <laughs> and we're all watching anime right now. And we are nerding over anime. Awesome. I'm not even kidding. It's the nerdiest thing I've, I have in my life right now. But, <laughs> I uh, haven't quite gotten You should definitely jump on and watch the text. Yet. Royal is really into Pokemon and I just like, <laughs> I can't even watch the cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hey. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm almost there. Maybe not. Okay. I might be embarrassed right now that I just admitted. Hey, I know a lot of podcast, adults who are but, really into anime. There's uh, no know, hey. shame in it. I just don't know if I'm there yet. <laughs> just, just There's a little shame. There's a little shame for me right now. There's a little shame. I just, I just feel like I just accepted all the stereotypes I tried to stray away from officially. in high school. And I'm, awesome. I'm officially those That's stereotypes. Awesome. My current obsession <laughs> is Star Wars memes. I don't know why. I just think they're so funny. They're hilarious. 
I I get a little bit of <laughs> happiness every time you send me a good Star Wars meme. Yeah, like it brightens why. my day I, just loving, a little bit I'm every meme. All of them. So yeah, that is amazing. I think I I ended up <laughs> posting or creating a Pinterest board just for you know nerdy memes, and it makes me happy. And I think in the season, you know what, we need a yes. little bit of laughter. So yes, that's where I'm finding my laughter right now. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So just wrapping it up, give us one piece of advice or something that's been on your heart. It can be on topic, off topic, whatever you want to say, just to kind of wrap everything up. Um, okay. I, I guess this is, this could, could be on topic. It could be taken, you know, really into any area of life, but my little piece of advice, especially for entrepreneurs, creatives, um, Anybody, I mean, it's really for any, mm, any area of life. Don't take yourself too seriously. Um, take what you do and yeah. the things that you put your name on seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously. Learn to laugh at yourself. Learn to um, live life a little bit more loose. I've just never found a moment in my life where I took myself yeah. seriously right. that um, it helped me more. It just caused more anxiety cause more stress learning to laugh at my failures and look at my mistakes as opportunities yeah. for growth instead of um you know despair just because I, I didn't take myself too seriously like i think that's so important in life it's so important as a husband so important as a father so important as a business owner is um learning to laugh and have a good time and at the same time you know being excellent and that. taking that's what so i do good. seriously well thank you so much for having this conversation with me, I, I think it's going to be really beneficial for people. And if nothing else, they'll just laugh at you for being into anime. So it's fine. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I feel like, I feel like I said, I feel so honored being able to be a part of this podcast. Thank you again for listening. I hope you were encouraged and challenged by this episode. Make sure to follow Nate on Instagram at Nate underscore Doomlaw. That's N-A-T-E underscore D-U-M-L-A-O. And check out his podcast called The First Cup. If you love the Honey Creative Podcast, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and share it with your friends.